Hi there, and welcome to the Skylight Books author reading series. If you'd like to learn more about us and our many upcoming author events, please visit skylightbooks.com, where you can browse our inventory, buy books, and join our Friends with Benefits Club. You can also follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook. To speak to a real live bookseller like me, please call 323-660-1175. Thanks for your support, and enjoy. Today, of course, we are so excited to have Sarah Anderson with her third collection, Herding Cats. Um, Since 2013, Sarah Scribbles has been beloved by giant crowds of rabid fans. That's us. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, let's let's give a hand to us and how much we love her. But my God, she is so insanely productive. Um, 2016, she published her first book, Adulthood is a Myth. 2017, Mushy Happy Lump. 2018, Herding Cats Now. I mean, I don't know very many authors who are that productive. Um, But she's also charming and hilarious. And um, I just feel like her work is adding net good to the world. It makes you feel good. And it's open-hearted in a way that's so unusual. Um, I also love how, in her work, her politics never feel political. It just feels like um, vulnerable honesty and someone just really speaking from the heart. And I appreciate that so much. Um, Her debut book won Goodreads Choice Award for her first ever book, amazing. Um, and uh, usually I read reviews at this point, but um, I thought maybe like I could just say like 2.4 million times. Like, 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 because I really like her. And um, I do have one little spoiler. Um, she um, is kind of hard to recognize in person because for some reason she's not wearing a picture of her face on her face, but maybe she could fix that for us later. Um, anyway, I'm super excited for this. I know you are too. Let's please give her a warm round of applause. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Um, That was such a kind introduction. Thank you so much. Um, And thank you all so much for being here. Um, So we are here for book three, Herding Cats. Um, Saying it out loud kind of like feels weird because it sounds like I'm saying hurting, but I'm saying herding. Um, So if I can get this presentation up. Let's see. Okay. Um, So I want to read some comics for you. And then I want to see if we can get an animation to work, but comics first. (laughs) Oh, hello, my little poof. My mush. Cutie squish. Kitten pie. Little beanie toe cutie. What's your name? I. (laughs) Fame. Actors. Before. After. Musicians. Before. After. Artists. Before. After. (laughs) Taking care of. My pets. My friends. My significant other. Myself. (laughs) No brain. Keep walking. There's a bad thought. No. No. No brain. No. No. Oh no. No. How do you draw so well? 
practice. It must be an innate gift, a gift from God. It's practice. (laughs) I'll never understand how some people are so talented. A mystery. Practice. (laughs) This next one is kind of like strange to um, read out loud because I can't read any part of it, so I just, I'm gonna play it for you. Greeting a dog. I like this thing. Maybe I'll check out the fandom. Peek. Well. I love you, 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 I love you. I accept you under certain circumstances. Um, this next one is new to the third book, um, but it's one of my favorites that I wrote as an exclusive, so I'm going to read it now for you in the presentation. I'm so jealous that you're an artist. It must be amazing to express your feelings on paper. Glance. Buff cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to deal with this bad feeling. I will bury it. Pat. All gone. (laughs) Cat shapes. Round. Long. (laughs) Curve. And my personal favorite, loaf. (laughs) Dog shapes. Dog. Um, Okay, so this last comic that I'm going to read out loud before we see if we can get the animations to work. Um, It's one of my favorites from the past year. So I tend to write, in my opinion, some of my, um, like, favorite comics around the new year because I sort of have this, like, optimism that doesn't always exist year-round. So this one is special to me um, because it's it's one that I try to sort of keep in mind as the year progresses. Um, 2016. 2017 2018 (laughs) Okay, so let's see if I can get these to work. They don't work on every computer. Um... So I I think, as you guys may have seen on my site, before um, we published the third book, we made an animation for promo, and that that was one of many. (laughs) Um, But we used that one to sort of push the book, because the book um, actually ends on that comic. Um, But we have like a whole backlog, and since you guys came out for the tour, I want to see if I can show you some exclusive ones um, before we release them online. So let's see if we can get this working. Oh, I think maybe the volume. Is there... And is it... It's not displayed up there? (laughs) Is the volume on? Oh, I think not. 
Okay, well, I guess we couldn't get the volume to work, so sorry about that. Um, <laughs> um, I, if you guys are on Patreon, I have these two uh, playable on Patreon for a dollar. So, um, sorry we couldn't get that to work, but that was a little sneak peek, I guess. Um, so, that concludes the part where I read, and I want to open up the floor to any questions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so I started cartooning like in high school, but I had been doing them in my sketchbooks. Um, and I started posting them online while I was in college in my second year. Um, and I was pretty consistent with it. And I think by the time I graduated, I had like an inkling that I wanted that to be my career um, and it took like a year or so out of college to get my footing um, but I think by the time I had graduated I sort of knew it was something um, that I could make work if I wanted to so I, I would say around that time yeah Um, that's an interesting question because the way she was designed, because I had started writing the comics in like diary format in my sketchbook, didn't go through like the process, the, the more like official process that most artists use, where they sort of like really lay out a character before they jump into the comics and they'll sort of go through revisions. But like this particular character kind of developed naturally as I was just writing. So I had started from like a stick figure and eventually added like, uh, sorry, <laughs> eyes. Um, and then added the striped shirt. Um, and it, it was really just like a natural process. So I would say she, she more so evolved over time. That was a great decision. It wasn't mine, unfortunately. Um, that was my first editor. And um, it's an interesting thing, too, because we really struggled with the covers because I didn't want to, like, go in and color and give her, like, flesh tone. And, like, I didn't want to add something that, like... It, people weren't usually seeing so we were really like dead set on just having like a spot color and then we needed something to kind of like make it look more professional um, and so my editor was like why don't we make it fuzzy and it just like something about it just like fits the, yeah it like fits the comic so well because um, it's just like you know kind of soft and silly and it, it was just like the perfect thing for the cover so, thank you <laughs> uh, yeah no there's there's no backlog um i be, i tried to do it a couple months ago when i like went to italy and what usually ends up happening for me is like if i have a comic that i'm like mm, maybe i'll save it it's usually just not good like i or like not something I would hold up to my own personal standards. So I usually work with like very tight deadlines. I usually start either two days before or day before it goes up. Um, yeah, it's rough, um, but it works. Um, the pressure really kind of like brings out that creativity and like as for the process, I usually, 
I spend most of the time writing the idea, so I'll be in a sketchbook, kind of like sometimes even writing to sentences, and that takes up like six, seven hours sometimes, and then I go to drawing, and that only takes like an hour or two. So it's for me, like what I think um, makes Sarah Scribbles work is the fact that I put like so much energy um, into writing, and um, yeah, that's the, I, I work differently in like different, uh, comics or like if I'm doing illustration work that's just a very different process but because there's so much writing involved I like have to take that big chunk of time yeah and have the next day deadline yeah um, digitally so the comics are except for the sketching process the comics are digital I do it on a Cintiq um, in Photoshop it's super simple it's just one layer for sketch and one layer for ink and for all my other comics work too or illustration that's also now digital and it used to be like scans but you know when you have those like deadlines you need to hit the, the digital work is just makes it so much easier yeah so with like Adult Lives a Lie and mm -hmm. a lot of your comics, they, I feel like it helps a lot of people kind of just laugh at how like it kind of sucks. Mm -hmm. so, and like struggle with uh, introverts and like we can bond over that. Mm -hmm. But when you first started out, was your intention to uh, kind of help other people laugh mm -hmm. at life? Or was it just like an expression of yourself and how did that evolve over Yeah, I think the initial couple I would say probably like the first 20 or 30 were like more about myself and they're also like stranger like if you go all the way back they're just like kind of <laughs> weird but I sort of like realized there was some like what was making people like them in the first place was that sort of connection and so I think as I got older there's you know my writing skills improved because I was keeping the audience in mind and because I wanted the punchlines to sort of like um, really like hit people in a specific way so I had to work on like timing and like how do I make this connect best so it's something I keep in mind a lot and um, help me change a lot as a writer but all of the sentiments are still mine and come from me so it's sort of just I feel like I've sharpened my ability to sort of communicate as I've um, worked on the strip over the years yeah Yeah, honestly, just I would just post it on like every social media site you can. Like I'm on like seven or eight. Um, I started initially on Tumblr, and Tumblr is still my favorite for artists. And I feel like Tumblr and Instagram are really sort of artist friendly um, in certain ways. Um, but I'm like I'm on Tumblr, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tapastic, like and and I think having like that broad presence is really useful because like there might just be something about an audience on one platform that starts to grow and you, you have really no way of guessing which one it will be and they'll, they'll all, all sort of like start to loop into each other you know people will start viewing them on other platforms so I just say start posting on social media and post on all of them would be my advice yeah that you read while you uh, create or any that you follow that you recommend? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like um, for people who are 
like my contemporaries like I feel like I'm in a very specific niche of like web comics that are sort of about daily life sort of slice of life work and all of those guys I watch really closely because I feel like I want to keep my humor sharp and I don't want to like fall into like certain tropes so I'm really I'm paying attention a lot to like Shen comics he used to be altered and um, Pigeoneer Jane and uh, poorly drawn lines like that whole genre I keep a really close eye on because I feel like they sort of like we challenge each other to make better work um, so if it's if it reminds you a little bit of my strip I'm probably watching it very closely <laughs> yeah Uh, no, I a lot of those people I'm friends with, and sometimes we send comics back and forth for like little edits or recommendations. Um, and yeah, so we definitely sort of like link up at comic cons. And um, uh, Shen, whose real name is Andrew, um, we we've done like signing events and stuff together, and like Heart and Brain, uh, Nick Selleck, like we'll travel together and stuff. So. Um, I feel like that's pretty common in like artist communities that artists sort of like find who's like them and sort of just start communicating with each other and it really like it has really helped me um, to be able to like do events with other artists and sort of talk in person about like the specific challenges of exactly what we do. Um, and then I also went to art school and even all, most of my friends from high school uh, went to art school. So I used to, like my past roommates, I had an animator and a jeweler. So just like since I was um, like 19, I've just been surrounded by art people. I don't, I don't know what it's like to be normal anymore. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Oh, like outside of comics? Yes. Mm. I definitely do, but it's hard to. Mm -hmm. um, I do like stand-up comedy a lot, but lately there's just been like a sort of like a dark shadow over that world. Um, I think. That, yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah, um, I guess I'm. I'm pretty comics oriented but I listen to a lot of podcasts and I think like I don't know if this would be like something people would expect but there's one called My Favorite Murder yeah and like you know how they like riff on each other they're very like self-deprecating I just like put that podcast on and I just feel like it's like exactly tuned to the same like thing that I'm talking about in my work so Definitely, like, it comes up in podcasting, um, and, um, but, like, I, I think mostly I look at a lot of other comics, and I do like stand-up, but I'm sort of struggling to, like, name a specific person without, like, also doing an eye roll, like, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the, the comic was originally called Doodle Time because it was a blog where I was also posting work that I was doing um, at art school, so also illustration. So it was kind of just like everything. And when my um, publisher syndicated my work online, they were like, we can't have you <laughs> call your 
um, strip doodle time because it doesn't make any sense. So they were like, take that and kind of make it more specific to the comic and not just like your whole body of work. Um, so Sarah Scribbles was like sort of like doodle time. It was still retained like that idea that it's sort of like a um, something that's drawn sort of quickly. Um, but yeah, there was a name change, I think in like late 2014 was when we switched over. Um, really early on, my dad was a big collector of um, like newspaper comics, so I feel like everybody cites them, but like Calvin and Hobbes, Farside, uh, Foxtrot, um, like those, you know, th those are so key. Um, I feel like it's just like impossible to have a millennial childhood and have not read them. Um, so I think that, especially Calvin and Hobbes, like really, the format really informed a lot of what I was trying to do when I first started, like the striped shirt and then having an animal sidekick, like really comes sort of directly from that. Um, and then when I was a teenager, I was like really, really into manga, um, which was like, as I get older, um, was so important actually because so many manga artists are women. And so I had no sort of like hang ups about like, being a female cartoonist. Like, I thought it was a very, like, normal thing, so I had no fears. You know, I saw all this, like, talent coming from Japan, so I was like, yeah, women are comic artists. Um, so that sort of, like, really enabled me when I got older to sort of go back to that, like, slice of life world while knowing that it was possible. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of differences, and I think the the first one would be that newspaper comics, um, the the way they were trained is just different. I think a lot of them, like you see, you really see like the difference between like those old school guys that are working in ink and like someone like Larson who has a like a micron and watercolor versus like a lot of webcomic artists like Ali Brosh just like started on MS Paint and uploaded it and kind of like, and I did the same thing. My first couple ones were on MS Paint and sort of just like figured it out. Um, but that's something you couldn't quite have done back then because you already had to have like a degree of professionalism to get picked up. So webcomic artists, um, can be more amateur across the board, but also more experimental. Like they, they have the ability to kind of do their own thing and follow their own path. Um, and something I feel is a little bit lost is that newspaper comics, they didn't really have to like make a hilarious joke for every single one. Like you had a lot of room for there to be story arcs. So you could sort of like, they could create narratives within the work. But webcomic artists, like they make their livelihood off of of like standout pieces that go viral. Um, and I feel like a lot of the way people see web comics is that they, they will kind of stumble across just one. So like I really fight to try to make the comic stand individually. And I know a lot of other webcomic artists do that. So I think that makes them across the board more like laugh out loud, more immediate. But I do think there's something lost that like we don't necessarily see some of those like little side stories or like, um, you know, just, 
sort of like explorations that the newspaper guys had room to do. But I, I think there's pros and cons to both. That was a good question. <laughs> yeah. Any uh, thoughts to uh, making I'm working on a graphic novel. Um, so it's called Cheshire Crossing. It was written by um, Andy Wire. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. I'm really sorry if it's not. Um, he wrote The Martian, and he he wrote comics like a long time ago. And so I'm illustrating um, one of one of his stories and um, I've also done work for like Invader Zim um, so I do do like more serious work and it's just it's in the process I actually have the person who does the flats <laughs> in the audience I think I don't know where she is hi Kayla um, <laughs> uh, it's going to be in print like later this year so it hasn't been really like released yet but I think like eventually more of my stuff that's like informed from the fact that I did go to art school and like know how to draw uh, will be like in the world uh, a little bit later. Yeah. Um, Two-part question, kind of concerning your process. Mm -hmm. Again, um, you indicated that deadlines are a real motivating factor to really produce. Mm -hmm. The question then becomes: When does the inspiration end, and how long do you really allow it to motivate mm -hmm. or create? Mm -hmm. Secondly, and perhaps tied to it, do you have any rights or rituals? That's a really good question. I think ritual is sort of important and that's something I'm learning as I get older because it sort of just like opens your mind up to like that familiarity of like I'm in a creative space now because I'm reminded of this. Um, I actually started like eating the same breakfast on days where I have to write comics and it's like my favorite breakfast. It's, like it's just like a bagel. <laughs> um, but you know like I'll, I'll use that as like a motivator and get like a large iced coffee and be like okay this is how we um, start. But like there's something, you mentioned incubation, there's something interesting about like the fact that because it has to go up, it's even though I'm working on it for like six, seven hours, there's still a degree of like immediacy to it and I don't have room to be like, I don't know about this, you know, or I'm gonna like fiddle with it too much. Um, I think the best comics tend to do tend to appear when I've written two days in advance because then I like have a day and then I can like sort of sleep on it and let like the subconscious kind of do its thing and then but then I still have that tight deadline so I think that's something as I get like a little older that I'm sort of trying to tune into where it's like the past four years it's kind of been like all over the place but I'm starting to get like a little bit more steady but yeah that was a great question thank you yeah Mm. Mm. <laughs> I'm, I wonder like how you feel about self-imposed deadlines but small ones because that's really how Sarah Scribbles got started was like one comic a week which is not a lot on Saturday and I, str I really struggled to stick to that for like a year and that's just like a small task but I think maybe something like that just like committing to one task for sure per week and then sort of like amping it up as you feel yourself like getting 
better at sticking to that might be worth thinking about. And that sort of also like hones in your focus on one thing. So maybe that would work. Yeah. Um, this kind of brings me back to like being a huge fan of Calvin and Hobbes because I had always wanted to be with them because they were the publisher for Calvin and Hobbes, and um, so I had been I had been working for them digitally for I think two years. So I didn't like shop the book around. I just sort of like put myself in a place where I was like, I'm gonna like really produce the best work I can and I think eventually if they like it they will approach me uh, which is what happened but that's that's sort of unusual that's not how most publishing relationships start but I was really sort of just dead set on them from the beginning so yeah Uh, no, and that's actually how the little animations have come about because this has been like an ongoing discussion for like three years now is that um, someone at my publisher like really wanted it to be a show um, because they, they had also been the ones that had turned Peanuts into the animated show. So they were like, we know there's success with this and we were talking about it for like almost a year and I just kept saying no because it wasn't quite right and then they they sort of like went behind my back um, and, and did one of those like short animations and were like, they were like don't stress about it, we just want to show you this, what do you think? And it was perfect because the animator did like such a good job introducing nuance in, but they, they kept it so specific to the comic that it literally follows the comic um, panel by panel. Um, so she, the animator, used those as her storyboard. Um, and then I had a lot of control over the voice acting too. So what we're going to do with those is like, I think we're going to push to make um, like a YouTube channel. And all of those animations are like under a minute. And I think I want to do like a season. Like I want to do 10. So we have around seven. So I think. Um, probably release around like 10 animations and um, I really like it like that because it sort of reminds me of like Simon's cat and it still feels like it really belongs to the comic and it really belongs like to the internet and I, I just don't like the idea of seeing it on TV so those animations um, are as far as we're going to go but I'm really excited about them and I think um, once you all see them like sort of in their entirety and you hear every character speak and stuff it's going to be really fun so <laughs> Maybe do one more and then we'll get to signing. Yeah? Serious one. How many cats do you have in here? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to answer your question, but I'm actually going to answer it with all the animals because this is one of the most frequent questions I get. And I just feel like people are curious about like what animals what. So I'm going to go through the line. Um, so the rabbit character is based off of a childhood pet but also sort of off of Hobbes because we needed like there needed to be like an intellectual counterpoint to her um, and she also needed to not be just thinking everything like she needed to be speaking to someone um, so yeah Hobbes and then I was looking at that model and it was like what animal would I use and it was a rabbit because I had I had this like very sweet calm rabbit in childhood and it just like it fit with me so much um, so that's the rabbit um, 
cat. <laughs> so that is, the cat character is based off of a friend's cat, and I used um, that model to write about all the cats that came into my life. Um, so I had, I watched my mom's cat for like a year, um, and she took it back, so it's not mine. Um, uh, but I will be adopting a kitten after I finish my tour, so I will finally have my own, but the character design will probably remain the same. Thank you for the applause. Um, <laughs> um, and I, it might even be a black kitten, so the, it might just fit perfectly. And then the dog is just based off of my boyfriend's dog, and it's just like a carbon copy of that dog. It's just like a happy dumb dog. <laughs> okay, so that's all the pets. Um, okay, so let's get to signing. Um, thank you so much for the great questions, and thank you so much for coming out. <laughs> You've been listening to the Skylight Books author reading series. Don't forget, you can listen to this and all of our other great podcasts at skylightbooks.com. Thanks again for stopping by, and we hope to see you soon.